Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's happiest podcast network. Hey everybody and welcome to today's episode of Why Am I Sad? I'm Joel. I'm Cass. And I'm Zoe B. And we're fine. Hello sunshine, hello blue skies, hello lovely day. Welcome to the show, Zoe. Yay, Zoe's here. It's real nice to be here. I'm really excited to be sad with you guys. (laughs) It's really nice to be sad in public with you guys because I'm sad in private quite a bit with you, but it's nice to bring it to the wider audience. (laughs) So, uh, Zoe, would you classify yourself as a sad person? Yes, I am. A former sad person. I am a clinically sad person. Oh, she's got qualifications. Yes, who is she? She's someone who has clinical depression. And anxiety. What? Wow. Yeah. Overachiever much? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I got diagnosed like six years ago, I think, but I've been showing sim- symptoms since I was about 13, 14. Okay. So, when I was about 19, I was like, hey, this probably isn't normal. This isn't a normal way to function. So, I was like really prone to panic attacks and all the fun stuff associated with anxiety and also the the not getting out of bed and no driveness that depression comes with and those two things hate one another and yes. then you feel bad about not getting out of bed. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I'm just here to kind of talk about my experience kind of generally. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, exactly. How, yeah. yeah, I can't remember because I think I met you around about you would have been 19. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was like a hitting peak mm. of like, like I, I'm – very chill about my mental illness, and so I'll, I'll like joke like I'll hit I hit peak crazy at like nineteen twenty, and I, and I'm not offended by use of those terms. So like if I do use them, like please know that mm. I'm talking about myself and I'm okay with it. But yeah, like I just kind of really went off the rails. I think about the time, maybe like six months after I met you, like I was getting bad, and then about six months after I met you, I was probably at my worst. Mm. So I do remember a lot of that kind of uh, when we were first starting and you were on the our, our sister show, Mother Show? Father Show? <laughs> <laughs> what is this show's relationship to that show? Uncle Show. Uncle, Uncle show. show? Uncle Show sounds about right. Because, yeah, we, we would do that guy, shut up a second, and you were in that a lot. And then um, because of uh, you going through a lot of shit, mm. you would be sort of like – not turning up or not being able to kind of go as long as some of the others. And so it was kind of like, from my perspective, it was this sort of mad scramble to try and get three people in that studio mm-hmm. to do something. And you kind of taking that to the extreme of like, you're phasing me out. This is offensive. And me being like, what? No. Yeah. it, it It's <laughs> such a weird thing. Like I always talk about anxiety. I always feel like it, it makes you such an asshole because you can't think of anything but yourself. And my, that was my experience with it, whereas I had this depression that made me really non-functional. So I would just not rock up. I would be extremely late. I would just miss things. I would, like, be there for an hour and be like, I have to go home and go to bed and cry for a bit. Um, <laughs> okay, but, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh, she's busy. Yeah, <laughs> she's got so many plans. Um, <laughs> like, like, what do you got later on? Just doing a lot of things yeah. uh, with my life. Man, just, she's so busy <laughs> and cosmopolitan. <laughs> What a life is she living? <laughs> Smash cut to you in your bedroom eating out of a tub yeah. and crying. Not even like ice cream out of a tub, like just sauce out of a tub. You're like, all right, at least she's so Mediterranean. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I had this like kind of non-functional body and personality and, and that was paired with this anxiety that constantly had FOMO. 
and constantly was like telling myself that my friends hated me and mm. that everyone around me hated me and that I was just this massive burden on everyone. And when you have depression and you're ill, you are in a sense not a burden, but like you need people to take care of you. Mm. And so you're like like pr- proving the point to yourself that you're fucking useless and that you're this burden on your friends. And so then I would, yeah, come to to Sans Pants, which was just a fun thing we did at the time, not our jobs. And I'd be like, and you'd be like, oh, well, we got so-and-so to fill in for you today because you're five hours late. And I'd be like, how fucking dare you? <laughs> <laughs> because I was this insane person who couldn't think straight. So it was this weird combination of, yeah, like just inability and absolute FOMO, mm. and yeah, yeah it's like weird because like I I understand FOMO, but I have like I got LOMO. I mm. love missing out on things. Mm. Uh, nothing pleases me more. And so when someone has FOMO, I st- I still don't quite get it. <laughs> I'm just like, but 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 cancelling. It's so <laughs> but, good, but it's not turning up. It's just so much fun. Oh, just like. There, there is a true pleasure to having an excuse like saunter into your life to be mm-hmm. like, you know, I could mean you don't have to go out tonight. And you're like, oh, <laughs> a dark oh. temptress before me. <laughs> what yes, is? Yes. But because there, there was a while you were having like the, you, you, you kind of dipped a little bit, I would say, into Lomo sometimes. Oh, and yeah. Then, and then you'd have this weird fight between your Lomo and your FOMO and it, to be like, mm, what do I, I do? I never wanted to do anything, but I also wanted no one else to be doing anything either. <laughs> <laughs> like that was, that was. You know, Cass and I always joke that I am the protagonist of reality because yes, I, I, I love a good story about me. <laughs> <laughs> what? She's like the best character. <laughs> but like, it was one of those things that I couldn't see further than myself. And so when people were hanging out without me, it wasn't like a, oh, you know, Zamet and Cass and Dusha are all hanging out, and I'm not invited. It was like fuck those guys, not including me, and I just couldn't see further than that and it was this anger and it was like just this juxtaposition of things of not wanting to go and then getting calls from you guys being like hey do you want to hang out and me saying no and then later that day i'm like regretting it Mm. and it was just this massive juxtaposition of feelings and that's like yeah that's depression and anxiety in a nutshell and and anxiety makes you feel bad for not doing things and depression makes you not want to do anything Mm. a good combination to have it's a very and it's yeah it's super weird that it's just a super common thing where they're like yeah those two (laughs) kind of go hand in hand you're like Cool. Why, brain? Why would you do this? Why would you do Fuck me. Like, it was, yeah, I was always this really anxious kid and I was always, like, full of beans. And I, like, talking to my folks later in in my life, kind of in my mid-20s and being like, hey, it's super weird that no one noticed that I was, like, like this. Mm. Like, I was super depressed and I was super Mm. anxious just constantly. And I was, like, I remember having panic attacks in high school. Like, and I remember the teachers being aware that I had panic attacks, but I – was like, I, yeah, was speaking to my mom and I was like, why didn't anyone help? Like, mm. why didn't anyone notice that, that that's what I was going through? Because I was 13, 14, 15, 16, you know, I didn't know mm. what yeah. this was because no one spoke about it. And my mom, in in this beautiful, brutal honesty that, that parents sometimes have, was just like, oh, well, you're a teenager. Yeah. That's what we were told you were going to be, mm. moody that, yeah. and kind of shitty and not really, like, like really introverted. Like, we were just kind of mm. told that's what a teenage was. was. Yeah, yeah, like teenagers, you're hormonal. You're going through all these changes and that kind mm. of stuff. And yeah, so, and it yeah. wasn't until I was meant to leave that when mm. my, like, in my late teens and my early 20s and I wasn't kind of leaning that what, what mm. had been classified as hormonal kind of mood swings that they were like, oh, hold on, mm. this is now something else. Yeah. So what what is an anxiety attack to you, out of curiosity? It's loud. Like that's kind of the only way to describe it. It just is my brain is too loud and there are too many thoughts going on at once and it's like everyone's trying to rush out the door and getting stuck in the doorway. So Mm -hmm. instead of having any coherent thoughts, I just cry. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, obviously physical symptoms is like a lot of crying, a lot of like heavy breathing, a lot of I feel like I'm like, yeah, like I'm n- never getting enough air, so there's these big gulping okay. breaths trying to put it all back in my body. And mm. yeah, but my brain just feels super loud. Okay, and so it takes you know five, ten minutes doing something else, doing my breathing exercises, doing all the things therapy has taught me to make it quiet again. Okay, because yeah, I've always said like I don't have panic attacks. I don't really understand what that means to get anxiety, mm. like anxiety. But I, I, I think I do have. Something like it, but I go internal and yeah. uh, very outwards, not having. I remember thinking ages back was we were driving home. I was driving home, Jack, 
and we were discussing something. I'm like, I think I'm having a panic attack. <laughs> Can I have a cup of tea? That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's very interesting that kind of like, you know, what we classify as like an anxiety attack or a panic attack, how it just takes different forms. Yes. Yeah, like you can't get loud or crying and that kind of stuff. But for me, it's like, yeah, brain is going a mile a minute and I'm just like sitting there quietly, almost a serene expression on my face being like, cool. Yeah, like oh, your body just no. shuts down. <laughs> So it is, I used to, uh, because like I would have them so frequently that, that my ex was able to tell if I was like having like the ramp up to one yeah. and he would always be able to tell because my legs would jitter. So I don't really do that, but like my ex would be able, cause my, my, my leg would just be like, and he would like come up to me and he's like, all right, let's get you out of this situation because your legs are jumping and that's the first sign of this. Um, so it was like, you could always kind of tell if I was ramping up to one. So you have these like little, uh, physiological kind yeah. of, um, mm. uh, clues as it were. Pretty much. Yeah. Cause your brain, it's never like, for me, it was never like one to a hundred. Mm. Like I, I was always like, oh, not good, not good, not good, bad, bad, worse panic attack. Um, so it would take a couple of minutes, an hour or so yeah. of being uncomfortable or whatever to, mm. to get me to that stage. But very rarely was I like, oh, here's a panic attack for no reason. Okay, and you said um, so. You're doing things now with uh, therapy. So, yeah, yeah. when did you sort of first go to therapy, and like when uh, was that kind of like? Did you go as a say? I know Cass was like uh, twelve months, a little bit too late. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, ten years too late. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, having panic attacks at high school. I'm like, oh yeah, because with that hormonal stuff too. Because mm. um, I know, I know there were some things when I was younger that. Oh, I know it was just like me being a teen and not realizing. I, I know I, I'm able to pinpoint moments in my life where I started to realize um, <laughs> that, you know, things exist outside yourself. Yeah. And like when like when you're feeling anxious, as you say, like you your brain doesn't allow you to think in any um, rational way. It starts shutting things off for you so that you can't. Yeah. So growing up, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I know that the way I was like that in high school, yeah, that that's I was just growing up. I was just figuring, figuring things out and being weird and moody because I just didn't know whatever. Like I don't feel bad about it because yeah. you don't know any better. Yeah. And then every now and then it's like, oh, that. That was a panic attack. <laughs> oh, um, I, with the with the variations it's, it's of panic. It's nice it? putting a name on it. Yeah, you know? I know. Um, I, yeah, like again, like I had no idea, and I'm like, I've always been like, yeah, I don't really have panic attack or anxieties, and I'm realizing, oh no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I think I had one a couple of weeks ago in bed, being like, oh no. Yeah, my yeah. parents would always be like those late night cries that you'd have as a teenager. I'm like, you mean like the panic that would set in at two in the morning and they're like, oh. <laughs> that existential dread we yeah. all have. <laughs> that's, that's normal, right? You feel right. bad and you start leaking, you know, yeah. the, the normal things. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think I mentioned on the show before, I had always been told from people when I was in high school that had at, at the time like diagnosed anxiety and they would talk about panic attacks and it was described as a feeling. Um, they would have the ones where it's really chesty so they thought yeah. they were dying. Mm-hmm. And that was how panic attacks were described to me. Like, yeah, you literally feel like you're dying. So anytime I felt bad, I'm like, oh, that's not a panic attack. Yeah. It wasn't until I went to therapy and started describing things, and she's like, oh, like a low level panic attack. And I'm like, there are levels. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> and like, just every now and then in my quiet moments, like, yeah, oh, I remember when I used to be hanging out with friends at school, and then all of a sudden it would be too much, and I had to walk away, and I couldn't really hear anyone, and I couldn't really speak very loudly. And I, oh. Yeah. Oh, where I had to just go be alone for a bit and I'd come back and they'd be like, where'd you go? And you'd feel a bit bad, but what else were you meant to do? Everything was too much. Yeah. Ah, cool. And I think we don't as people, I think we, we work in this really extroverted kind of way where mm. if people are feeling bad, then you should, we're always said to like surround yourself with love. Or for a lot of people, like if you're not feeling good, especially if a panic attack, like extracting yourself from the situation and calming yourself down is like really important. Mm. And like that was something really important to me as in my process of getting better because one of the things that really manifested strongly was that I really didn't like being touched mm. during, after, like the whole kind of process. I'm not like I'm not a very tactile person. Mm. Like it's, I'm just not that kind of. Yeah, that's you not know, my. I'm, I'm with you. I, yeah. I'm a sometimes tactile kind. Sometimes, of sometimes. Yeah, get me, yeah. get me, get a wine in me, and I'm very huggy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, most yeah. times, sober Zoe. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a huggy drunk, but yeah. like, and with my partner or whatever, I'm very tactile. But just day to day, not really. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. you know, respect to if you're not, but I'm I'm just not yeah very tactile person at all. But one of the things was like yeah after the fact, during after a panic attack, I just couldn't be touched mm. at all, mm. and having to explain. And I think that, like, yeah, this was probably the one moment where I was, like, really mad that I had this illness 
was like having to explain to my mum that she couldn't hug it better oh. was like the most heartbreaking thing. Because oh, you have so to sad. explain to your mum, no, don't touch me right now. And your mum's a hugger. And my mum's a big hugger. Like, and my mum, my mum, I think everyone's always thinks their mum gives the best hugs, but my mum, like, she does. She gives the best hugs. <laughs> she does give very good hugs. Yeah, she's she a good hugger. And so, like, like, I wouldn't make that claim about my mum. <laughs> <laughs> my mum, like, me and my mum nowadays will very happily sit on the couch mm. and just, like, I'll, like, have my head on her shoulder and stuff. Like, mm. but it took, like, a lot of work to get to yeah. that point to be attacked, be tacked up with her. You know, because it was important to her where, yeah, so when I was going through all of this and having to explain to my mum, like, like I'd be on the floor dry heaving because I'd been crying so hard and she just wants to hug it better. Mm-hmm. And she, like, and she'd go and you'd just be like, no. And my dad would, like, literally have to say to her, like, no, you can't. Like, you just have to do this. And my dad was really good at it because my dad and I, we always joke that we have same brain. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, no one touched me. Just talk to me about something else. Talk to me about something else until I'm not thinking about this anymore. And my dad just got that straight away. Like he was like, yep, know exactly what to do. So we would like, I'd be having a panic attack and my dad would hear like from the other other room and he would like come in and he would be like, how's your friend Christina? Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, she's good. And he's like, what's she up to? And I'm like, okay. And because it wasn't about me, it wasn't about how I was feeling, but it was about something I really like talking about. (laughs) (laughs) The other protagonist of the universe. And, yeah, so I would just like, and then like I would snap out of it, but my mum would just, yeah, get overwhelmed and just want to hug it better because that's what a mum wants to, like an archetypal Mm -hmm. mum wants to do. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that was like one of those weird moments going through it. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I've been in therapy since... Since I was 19, um, I went kicking and screaming, did not want to do it. Hey, I think that seems to be a a general kind of most people's experience when it comes to it. I don't remember most, but a lot of like when it comes to therapy, everyone's like, everyone should get therapy except for me. I don't need it. Why would would you even suggest? Shush. Me, protagonist of reality, has got (laughs) this sorted. Yeah. Because, again, I was very apprehensive Mm. to go initially. Um, Because it feels so, like, it's got to be so exposing and it's going to be this really, like, stripped bare kind of thing and you're like, no, I don't want to. My problem is my feelings, so why would I talk about them more? (laughs) Uh Well, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I I, I was really... uh, not just apprehensive, like I was I was adamant that I didn't have to do it and my parents forced me to. And I was kind of in that situation where I was 19, still living at home, mm. and they were like, you do this or you leave. Mm. Like they kind of gave me that ultimatum and I couldn't afford to go anywhere else. Okay. And it was like, there was, you know, very much like tough love, like we're doing this because we love you. Mm. And I remember being in the doctor's office at my like local GP crying and, like, throwing a tantrum at, like, 19 yeah, and being, like, in, in the waiting room, like, I don't have to do this, like, a big thing. I was like, I don't have to do this. I don't have to go here. Like, I don't have to do this. Like, you're crazy. I'm not crazy. Everyone else here is crazy. Like, I'm fine. And, with, and my mum, who was just sitting there so just like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, no, we're going. Like, what are you going to do? We're going. She's like, I, I've dealt with you at three. Do you think I can't deal with you at 19? She got a good point. Yeah. Yeah. She got you. Yeah, Yeah. she got me. uh, Had that tantrum, realised a girl that was, like, in my graduating class was, like, also in the doctor's office, so got to see that. Cool. So I was like, cool. So someone I know saw that, like, really low moment for me. Went, uh, saw my first therapist, did not enjoy seeing him, uh, stopped seeing him, went and and saw my university's Mm -hmm. uh, counselling service, did not enjoy seeing them, went back to my GP and was like, hey, I've been – I think at that point I'd been like six months of doing cognitive behavioral therapy and I was like, this isn't working. I can't find someone I like. Mm. I hate this. And she was like, give this person a try. Mm. Like you were just, it's just finding the right combination of people. It's like dating. You just got to find the right, you got to find the right person for you. And then, yeah, I saw this who has now been my psychologist for the past seven years and I adore her. And she was like, just, she got it. I walked in and she was like, oh, yeah, I know I know your type. I know what to do with you. And because the first therapist was like, let's do meditation. <laughs> and I was like, no. So be quiet and listen to my th- No. <laughs> I don't want that Sheesh. at all. And they're like, be aware of your thoughts. I'm like, no. That's what I'm trying to stop. And it seems a lot like you're trying to start a. I was like, no. And then I went to the university counselling service, which is great, 
but obviously they have a lot of high priority cases. Of course, yeah. And so the first questions, you know, were very like, you know, are you thinking of suicide? Are you thinking of self-harm? And I was like, this is very overwhelming and I can't be here Mm. because while I wasn't at that stage, Mm. I I just didn't want to think about that that was the reality of my illness. Yeah, right. And I was like, no, I got to go. And then eventually found this woman who was like, oh, nah, we're going to do a look good, feel good technique on you, which I love and still works. Um, (laughs) And she just was like, hey, you're someone who needs to do something. Mm -hmm. Like you're someone who actively needs to do something when you're feeling bad. So let's come up with some game plans of things you can do. And the one that I really enjoyed because of either who I am or the point in my life that I was at was like makeup and hair and and practicing a bit of Mm self-love. And she was like, yeah, so just like whenever you're feeling a bit panicky, go do your makeup. I I just can't stop what I'm doing to do my makeup. And she's like, you can stop what you're doing to have a panic attack. So, yes, you fucking can. (laughs) And I was like. When you put it like that. That's such a good point. I was like, okay. (laughs) Okay, be a bit more. Okay, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love those like magic therapy moments where they word something and you're like, oh, my God. God. <laughs> it was so simple, but for some reason I could not see. Mm. Oh, so many. And like what you were talking about before with learning to sort of be think outside of yourself because mm. if you're anxious, it, you, you just can't do it. It's like your so brain doesn't your brain, let you. Yeah. And then as soon as someone's like, cool, so think of others or like, hey, you don't actually have to think about that. You're like, wait, what? Mm? Are you sure? I can just, I like, you can just stop thinking about it. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god! Not that that's always easy, but no. But it but is like it is someone, a revelation when someone else says it to you. Someone giving you permission to be like these things that you can't stop thinking about that you are sure makes you a bad person. Yes, <laughs> yes. Tell me how to fix myself. <laughs> you don't have to think about them. Huh. 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 Okay. I just want to think about it, and then I'll be what fine. I'll be just like a huh. functional human being if I don't think about it. What happens if I start thinking? I just stop again. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, and this just like I can do that forever. Forever. Oh. So I just like never, never when it pop, pop, and I'm like bye, and then it's just. Now you're gonna think I'm very silly, but that never occurred to me. <laughs> see, see my method for dealing with this, and you're gonna laugh was think more Mm. (laughs) and harder. If we can get to the bottom of why you are thinking very bad things, maybe we'll fix you. Yeah. But now I'm hearing the option of not thinking the bad things (laughs) is just on the table. So you're saying I could walk out of here right now and just choose not to? (laughs) Remember my therapist saying to me once, and it is, you know, one of those asshole um anxiety comments that I made and I was like I don't have to be here I'm too smart for this uh-huh. <laughs> which I like <laughs> was like I genuinely like Cass I was like I can think my way out of this yes 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 <laughs> I am too smart to be here I'm too either well educated or whatever like protagonist of the universe I am too good to be here and my therapist just with that beautiful bluntness that I love from her was like if you could think your way out of this you would not be here I was like, well, fuck me then. Ah, yes, the brain, the cause of my problems can be fixed by the brain. Yes. (laughs) The answer to all my problems. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. So I guess therapy's done wonders for you. It has done. So that paired, obviously, I paired mine with antidepressants as well, which is like, yeah, something that I always like stress. I did did both hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So some people can just do cognitive behaviour therapy and they, that works for them. For me, it, it, was it was I wasn't getting the help that I needed. I didn't have the energy that it was required to put into the cognitive mm. therapy. So I decided to go on uh, SSRIs. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are they? Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And what does that mean? Because I I know. I know what serotonin is, maybe. <laughs> so, serotonin like, is like, the definitely smile knows, yeah, goes. Yeah. Someone who definitely knows what serotonin is. And just like, you know, I don't need to explain it because, you know, why, if, why if I should? I to explain it but, to the other yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. So if there was someone here who had recently had the dog brain surgery. Yeah, oh, I've, yeah, I've yeah, heard yeah, of this yeah, dog brain yeah. surgery. Apparently yeah. it's very effective. Yeah, it's gone around, uh, <laughs> this whole company. Uh, I know I've done it. <laughs> we've all we've all dabbled in dog brain. What can I say? <laughs> Zoe, the beautiful uh, protagonist of reality, introduced us to the surgery yes. and wow uh 
I've never been something. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely am there. <laughs> um, but before the dog brain surgery, I did go on medication. <laughs> right, what I'm hearing is the solutions to like if you ever get our bad, dog brain is yeah, get, go get that dog brain surgery, and then the biggest problem is maybe the road. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just like trying to ch- catch that mailbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to say words. The, mailbox. the mailbox. Yeah. Catch the, the mailbox. Mail okay. The mail truck. See, yeah. what happens with the dog brain <laughs> surgery is that you uh, get a dog brain. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You're, you're as smart as, as a dog or as dumb as a dog, <laughs> depending on how you look at it. Do you mind if I just quickly interject mm. a woof woof? Um, <laughs> What what are the anti- how do antidepressants work? Because I've heard there are multiple types, but so I'm on SSRIs, and the way they were described to me is they train my brain to produce their own serotonin. Oh, so cool. instead of being serotonin themselves mm-hmm. that I could just take and be like I'm good, um, this actually kicks whatever part of my brain into gear, so I produce my own serotonin, but I need the drug to kick my brain into producing it. Oh, cool, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. So that's what, to my knowledge, I am on. I'm not a doctor, so like, (laughs) but that makes sense with the reuptake part of that. Yeah. So that's how my doctor explained it to me, and then I just kind of was like, okay, and then I took them without reading the instructions, which was a dumb idea, and Mm -hmm. was very sick. Mm -hmm. So mine for so you, (laughs) your approach. Antidepressants was my approach to anything electronic. Yeah, just do it. I'll figure it out as I go. Just throw away the instructions. Be like, no, I think I got this. Yeah, I just like I was, I was, I knew I wasn't in a state to kind of think about it. Yeah, and I remember giving the kind of leaflet because you do get a lot of information. Yes, when you go on them, and so there was like leaflet after leaflet after leaflet, and I was like, hey, I can barely fucking shower most days, so yeah. these leaflets are probably not going to get read. So I gave them to my partner at the time and I was like, hey, you skim these. (laughs) (laughs) And because he'd been on them before, he had been on antidepressants before, he was like, oh, this is, Mm. I I know what to do. Like, don't stress. We discovered that my uh, particular brand that I am on have to be taken with food. And so I had not done that. And so I was very, very sick the first day. And I was like, oh, no, I've made a bad choice by going on these. And so for, like, the first week I, like, obviously the second day I, like, fixed myself up and was, like, have a breakfast with it because I have to take them first thing in the morning because they make me too hyperactive to sleep otherwise. Okay. So because they're meant to give you that boost, mm. you know, that daily boost that you, it's like having a Barocca. Except <laughs> it's like we're going to fuck with your brain way more. And just help you function. I like a Barocca. Yeah, like it, it's pretty much just to give you that because li- I was exhausted. Like mm. I'm still like not the most active person, but I was like exhausted. And Zamet, you know, like how many na- floors did I nap on? <laughs> well, exactly, yeah, because there's this weird thing that I don't, I don't know if I've ever really discussed uh, publicly, but it was this kind of thing where it was like, okay, because we do, we tend to uh, bulk record mm. and we were especially doing it then, it was just kind of taking you into consideration of like, cool, well, we'll bulk record there, we'll do this, Zoe will nap, or <laughs> and then we'll do that over there, or we'll give her a break because she needs it. And, and it was just really just kind of like, you know, we, we get it, you told me a couple times, and then it was like, it's like, oh, yeah, cool, straight into yeah. gear of like, yeah, all right, we'll just work around that. It was, it was, and, yeah. To be treated with such a kindness as well was so. Like you hear horror stories of people talk about their mental illness and and especially with bosses or universities and stuff. And I had like my own, you know, stuff with Mm. with bosses and university and and I did hear some, I heard and experienced some fucking terrible people, some uneducated people say some really fucking outlandish shit. But Zamet from the get-go was like, okay, cool, let's work around this. And so it was like I remember recording at La Trobe and being like I could do two, mm-hmm. maybe three episodes, and then I would have to take a break and then someone else would come and do two or three episodes. I'd nap on the floor and then I'd, like, chirp back up and be like, okay, let's do another three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it just was – yeah, it was It was so nice to have someone take that into consideration and not be like, well, we need to force her to go to our standard of work. You're like, well, she can only – is only capable of doing this much. Well, exactly. And I think this is kind of like if, you, if you're operating with a group of people and it's kind of like you've you got to be able to manage – Mm. Um, like everyone, and so it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. You know, for example, three people can sprint, but two of them are marathon runners. Yeah. So you're like, oh yeah, well, let's get the two marathon runners paired, 
Um, and that was usually like, say, for example, me and Jack. Mm. And we'd be like the, the marathon runners. And then like the sprinters would come in and be like, all right, well, us two would do something with, you know, one person for that little leg of yeah. the race. And then that person would switch out and then someone else would come in. And yeah. that's kind of how we, you know, operated with it all. Because there's just no pressure. And otherwise, you just get bad work, for lack of a better word. Or just like, yeah, uh, well, that's mm. it. Like, cause you can kind of, it, it's, it's, it's like when you try and binge write an essay, binge write, mm. or like, like do it last minute last minute essay writing <laughs> i'm like i'm gonna help you but all i'm hearing is arf arf arf, arf, arf dog brain <laughs> um yeah it's like when you try and write an essay the night before and you're writing it at like four in the morning and mm. then the next day when you're handing it and you're reading it, you're like this is bullshit mm. like that's what i would i would get that level of exhaust i would get 4 a.m exhausted mm. at like two in the afternoon and so anything from like two till four was just bleh, coming yeah. out of my mouth and so yeah. it was like why try and push her to do yeah. Anything and and we were in that position where we were like you know not mm. as serious as we are now podcasting. We were just doing it for fun at that point, and so it was like, oh yes, you know, let's always take a break. Like uni was like, do uni, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, full day study bad. Yeah. Um, so I just remember there was a few times where I just like open up the studio and just let you sleep in yeah. one of the uh, rooms. I just got keys at that point. Yeah. I think I just was so good at going to the lady and just being like, hey, can I have the keys? Because no one uses the studio. It's a good place to nap for it, me. It really was. Like it was, like a, again, a great little studio, and it was just always like, oh, yeah, cool. We'll just, we're just in here. And it was always just nice to go somewhere quiet, quiet. to work. Yeah. Um, and so we just sort of do that, and you're like, oh, yeah, this, I have a nap. It's yeah, cool. just on the floor in the corner, and you're like, all right, yeah, cool. <laughs> Using people's jackets as, like, yeah, pillows yeah, yeah. and stuff. <laughs> ah, good times. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, the, so obviously the medication mm. I was on needed to perk me up because I was so exhausted. And then, so, yeah, so I took those in the morning. The first week, two weeks, I felt like my head was trying to explode out of my, like, my skull. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. My brain was trying to leave my ears. And I felt really, I felt, re- I couldn't get out of bed. I could barely stand. I really hated it. It was like probably, I want to, I want to be like, it was the worst experience of my life, but it just wasn't. <laughs> it just, no, it sucked. Yeah. Like not to like, it sucked, but I would do that every fucking day. Mm. If that meant that I didn't have to have a panic attack again. Yeah, look, fair enough. Like, like it, I know I, I get this all the time and this is like the, my little like soapbox that I get on mm. is like. I, I hate when people disregard medication because it makes you feel bad in the initial mm. part. And I get it. Like it does. Yeah. Like it makes you feel really, really fucking sick. But you got to stick with it because or else you're just doing the worst part again and again and again. So you have to be on medication for I think antidepressants is like three months to see if they're working because your serotonin levels have to adjust. Your body has to adjust to being on the medication, like all this. And so many people like do it for a week and they're like, no, it's bad. I don't like it. Mm. They quit or they do, they'll, they'll be on it for a little bit and they're like, no, I feel foggy or this or that while your body's still adjusting. And me being the person I am, I'm surrounded by a lot of artists who are like, oh, it just blocked my creativity. And this is where my little soapbox comes out where it just doesn't. <laughs> so <laughs> to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it just, it, for the look, for the first year, a little bit foggy. Second year, a little less foggy. Learning to operate when you don't feel manic is a skill. Mm. And most creatives I know who suffer from mental illness get their most creative when they're at a high of mania. Yeah. Good. Like that's, that's, mm-hmm. you know how to operate in that kind of level. Mm-mm. But don't go around and say, don't do Kanye West and be like, no, nah, medication like stifles creativity because. It doesn't. You've just chosen not to learn how to operate another way because creativity is still there. Your all your creativity is still there. You just need to learn to access it a yeah. different way than yeah. waiting for that mania to hit. Waiting for those peaks of like creativity to mm. like be like blah. They will come. They just feel different. And so yeah, I always get really frustrated when people, artists especially, are like don't take the medication. It stifles creativity because it doesn't, and it actually means that people who are listening could not go on the medication that they could. Mm. Be very helpful for them. Yeah, so no, I think life saving, <laughs> life saving in a lot of cases. In, in my case, a hundred percent, it was life saving. I was, I was. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Beyond suicidal and beyond, uh, like, ugly about it as well. I was like, I'm going to fucking kill myself. I'm going to... Top myself and like my my friends and my family just had to listen to that, and so I was really ugly about it. And you know the medication and the cognitive therapy like saved my life, changed my life, changed the kind of person I wanted to be. And so going on it for some people is important. And if they're hearing this biased mm. opinion towards it, mm. like, it can be dangerous. And that's what I want to like the one little soapboxy message I want to get out is like. If you're feeling like the medication might help, try it. Give it a solid fucking crack. My therapist and I have a nice little mantra that's like there's no point taking these if you don't take them seriously, which I say to myself every day when I swallow my pills that I have taken for six years and I've never missed one. So every day I swallow my pill and I I tell myself there's no point taking these if I don't take them seriously, which means I listen to all the stuff that's on the packet I eat my food with it now. <laughs> I don't mix it with the things that mm. it shouldn't be mixed with. Mm. And I do my cognitive behavioural therapy because doing the pills by themselves doesn't work. It just will give you a crutch to uh, get up in the morning, but it won't make you better. Mm. So no point taking them if you don't take them seriously, but take them if you want to take them. If you feel like they're going to help, give them a shot because they're really worth it. And they're not going to stifle your creativity because people are fucking idiots and have just said that <laughs> for no fucking reason. <laughs> just need to learn how to access it a different way. You've shut off one door. There are so many other doors in this hallway. Your brain still is there. Yeah, your brain still is there. All your creativity is still there. Like at no point, I, f- I feel like if you go back in this podcast, like go back and shut up a second, this, the podcast I host through Sans Pants, and there is no point you can be like, oh, that's when Zoe's hit mm. the medication because you can really feel her dip. <laughs> you can really feel the, if anything, I got a bit funnier because I wasn't <laughs> crying constantly. Exactly. <laughs> it makes sense. You turned up. You yeah, know, I you was were there. there you, know? <laughs> you know, when I start consistently appearing in episodes is when you're like, oh, shit, Zoe's on the mess. Yeah. <laughs> she got better. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my little soapboxy no, look, thing. Yeah, I have noticed, like, within the last, uh, like, couple of months, like, you've really picked up your game. Like, you've just... I don't know what it was that... Um, oh, can I tell a story? Yes, you can, I faced so. the scariest thing I could have ever imagined doing mm. thanks to Cass, and and I'm so grateful for her. So I one of my big anxiety things was, was driving, not driving itself, the idea of sitting my driving test because the idea of someone judging me and judging me poorly 
makes me want to cry. <laughs> and I was like, I can't do this. I just didn't feel strong enough. I was like, this is just not something I'll ever be able to do because I'll never be able to sit the test without having a panic attack and I can't take a Valium before the test because that's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you need to turn right. Yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah no, but we, we can go. It's a green light. Yeah, 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 but it'll be green soon again. It's fine. It's fine. Just relax, man. Just take your time. <laughs> so, yeah, like that, I was in this really uh, this rock hard yeah. place where I was like, I, I need to sit the test because I'm 20 – at this point, 25, mm. and I haven't done it. Mm. But the idea of doing it freaks me out so bad. And the one thing that kind of could help, which is medication, I'm not allowed to do. Mm. So I was like really in this fucking catch-22 bullshit area. And then Cass just booked the test for me. <laughs> and then I had no other option but to do it. Hells yeah. So it was describing the rock hard place thing one day. And as someone who... I, as someone who understands the thing when your brain is being like, I can't do this, and understanding at a part of at a part of you that you can't really access, there's like someone sitting behind a wall, like holding up a sign, being like, literally fine, yeah, so fine, you are safe, and you're like looking like out the window at this person, being like, okay, um, I will die, <laughs> um, and just like be, it was like for once, I'm like, oh my god, I'm on the outside, <gasps> I know Zoe, I know Zoe is safe, it was like. I was like, cool, we'll book the test now. And you were just like, what? It's like, we'll book it now. And Jackson like came as well. You're like, mm. okay, um, here's my card. You went and stood outside at this time you smoked. Mm. So you were having a cigarette. Having like chain smoking at the back, yeah. just being like, too stressed. I'm like, when are you free? What? When are you free? Are you free this day? Um, uh, yes. Okay, cool. Cool, we booked it in. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> and then Jackson I, like putting all the things in <laughs> just like calling out you chain smoking <laughs> then you came back inside and it was done and then it was yeah, and then it was done and I had to sit it because at this point yeah, I yeah. paid money so oh, yeah. and, but hang on we a second also... did Jack have to do it because it was a form <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to lie because I'm not Zoe <laughs> <laughs> fuck just the chain oh. so, ja- so Jackson filled it out because I didn't I didn't want to. I didn't want to feel like I was lying. But look, we all helped each other. It was a team effort. But then, Fuck. but then we all. just a series of people holding up a sign. You're saying, safe. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. Cool. We got your card. And Jackson's like, "Yep." I'm like, "Thank God." Um. Anyway, oh that. Oh. So so yeah. So that's come out now. Um, I don't think Jackson realized what he was doing. No, he was just happy to be part of the. Yeah, what a real trooper. But then what we did as well. Um, cause that was for the hazards test and the hazards test is the first one that you do. So yeah. it's like the written test and then you get your, it's, that's your L's yeah? No, what? that was like, so it's, so the, to get your license in Victoria, it's two parts. So you do a written part and then you do the practical part. Yeah. So I did the written, you booked the written part for me, um, which then I had a year to sit yeah. my mm-hmm. actual physical test. And we also planned a whole day around it mm-hmm. because the place uh, that Zoe did her test has a discount shopping centre nearby, um, uh-huh. a, a clearance, what an cle- outlet. Yeah, outlet shop. Had an outlet. So um, all of us went, I drove us in, and we were like, we're going to do the test and then we're going to go shopping. And it's either going to be yay or hey, let's go shopping <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't dwell on it like because we, we went in together, I couldn't sit mm. And because I knew if I'd gone in with myself or my parents, I just would have been very like in my head. But because Cass was just like asking questions about other things and doing other things, I was just so distracted until like we got to the front of it. And she's like, okay, go. And I was like, oh, fuck, I don't have time to panic about it because I forgot it was happening. And then, yeah, because I knew afterwards, I was like, either way, I'm hanging out with my friends. So I can't cry because I don't want them to see that. <laughs> um, so I just got to suck it up. And then I came out and I'd passed because it's just not that hard. <laughs> So yeah, it was it was pretty good. And so at that point, I I had a year left to do it to sit the practical part of it. And the practical part is what like freaked me out the most. Mm. And so I went and I took like a shit ton of driving lessons. And I, I was just gonna be over prepared because mm. if I could be over prepared for it, then I wouldn't like. That's how I thought I could think my way out of it. I was like, if I'm just extremely <laughs> over prepared, mm. I will be okay. The brain will fix the, the brain. brain. Will fix the brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just I did driving lessons constantly. I at this point I'd been driving for like eight years, so I was very confident. Like I was a very competent driver to begin with. <laughs> mm. So I was like not str- like I I was like if I had my license I'd be fine, but I have to do the physical act of getting my license. Yes. Anyway, sat it was fine, 
No one died. Nothing bad happened. At no point did I have a panic attack on the road and my instructor had to pull me over. None of that happened. I just was fine. And then I was like, hey, I did literally this thing I've been scared about doing for eight years. Mm -hmm. And I did it and nothing bad happened. So I can just do the other things that scare me less now. (laughs) So I did everything, all those things that I'd been like moving out of home, quitting cigarettes, all these things that I was like, that's going to be hard and I'm a little bit scared. I was like, fuck, I've done the hardest thing in my brain. Fuck it. Fuck the rest of them. That's super fucking easy. So then in a week I got a new house and I stopped smoking cigarettes. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was just like you just went from, you know, like. I, I went from say, absolute zero. Uh, I want to say like, zero. I want to say 20. Yeah. I, heard you, I, hear, I heard you try and avoid zero. <laughs> we all heard you. <laughs> you went from, uh, that's where it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say zero because you weren't at zero. But you went like about 20 to 100. Like, yeah. You just like, I was just like, holy shit. You just kind of went from being just like, not on the outskirts, but it kind of been like, again, that similar kind of like, oh, yeah, we just got to, you know, make considerations yeah. for you. We, you know, and it was the kind of like, you know, coming in, you know, you got to rest up and then we got to make considerations of, you know, getting you home or getting yeah. you here and all yeah. those kind of things. And so, you know, we, we couldn't either push ourselves or we'd have to finish by a certain time and we'd be restricting ourselves of what we were doing. But then just like within, yeah, a couple of weeks, it was just like, bam, bam, bam. You're like, oh, wow, I wow, I have a wow. license. I moved out. I can drive here. We're going on adventures. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, cool. And I don't have to stop after every episode to have a cigarette now as well, yeah. which is like yeah. just super weird because like I would mm-hmm. associate craving a cigarette so badly with like the the summing up of an episode. Oh. Like we'd be like, oh, so thanks. I've been Jackson Bay. I've been Zoe Blood. As soon as I got to say like I've been Zoe Blood, I'd be like, I'm going to have a cigarette. <laughs> no, matter, no matter if I'd had one just before we walked in. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I could have had one 40 minutes prior, but as soon as we'd start summing up, I'm like, oh, I want one, I want mm. one. And so now it's like, oh, I can just do another episode. Just, yeah, keep going. Like, yeah. it's fine. I got my water. I'm, I got hypnotized, so it's all fine. Yeah, so, how, so you, yeah, quitting cigarettes, you uh, did the hypnotism. I round. did hypnotism because my therapist mentioned she could do that, and I was like, hey. Well, no, because she mentioned that she could do it for my anxiety, and I was like, hey, I've been seeing you for seven years. Do you think maybe you wanted to mention that at any point prior? <laughs> it could have fucking hypnotized my anxiety away. But it, it paired with getting my license because I was so scared mm. that I was going to have this fucking panic attack that I didn't have. But I was mm. so scared, and she was like, oh, well, we can give you – this hypnotism calming technique that will, like, when you say your trigger word, you will just instantly feel calm. Mm. And so we did that. And now, whenever I say my trigger word, I just like feel so much more relaxed and feel like I'm able to process things a little bit slower and mm. quieter because my brain gets so loud. Um, so it, yeah, it gets quiet in my head, and I'm like, oh, I'm good. I've got this. So we did that, and then I came back and was like. Do do smoking, <laughs> do the magicy thing and the talk, talk talk, but with a puff puff. puff no puff, no puff, bad bad. Well, because I was always I'd always joked that that's how I was going to quit. Yeah yeah yeah. Because like I my my brother's a smoker as well, and I always joked with him. I was like, ah, oh, I haven't got that willpower. Mm. I'm just going to have to get hypnotized or something. Like, I, I I was that bitch who would like smoke through having bronchitis. Like I was <laughs> not even switch to menthols. No, no, I, I would just be like, fucking let's do it. And like no voice, can't speak. And yeah, so we got we did the hypnotism. We did two sessions. Now cigarettes taste like spoons, so I that's don't want good. them anymore. Cool. That's so yeah. cool. It's so cool. weird that that's what happened. And I was I was at a party with like um yeah, some mates who were all smokers, and I was like, guys. Spoons! And they were like, yeah, six oh. And I'm like, no, it works. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah, facing something that was absolutely fucking terrifying. Like mm. the scariest thing that I possibly could have imagined. And I put on this pedestal of fucking terror mm. and was like, that's that one thing that and because I could get away with not doing it. Mm. It was like one of those things where I was like, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. And I like Cass was mentioning before, those beautiful aha moments with therapy <laughs> where I was like so petrified because I was like, what if I do get my license? Because you catastrophize. Mm. And I was like, what if I yeah. do get my license? And then I have my license and then I get depressed and I'm driving while depressed. And then I like in my depression decide to like crash my car into a tree. And my therapist would look at me. She's like, well, why don't you just not drive on those days? <laughs> I was like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> That's a fucking option. <laughs> so when I'm depressed, just not just enter my car? Is that what you're saying? When I'm, yeah. when I'm feeling depressed, just have a day? Yeah. So, so if I feel like my safety is threatened, 
don't put myself in the situation and then I won't be scared of getting hurt, a thing I don't want to do. That's so weird. It's insane. And it's also like because at that point I don't think I'd had a suicidal inclination in like four years. Mm. And But I was like, but what if I decide? (laughs) And she was like, I just don't think it's going to happen in a day. (laughs) You don't know me. I do. do. What if I'm hungry and I pick up my friends and we start driving to McDonald's and in the ten minutes it takes <laughs> me to drive from my friend's house to the McDonald's, I decide it is time to end it. Yeah, yeah. McDonald's car park, what a choice. But it feels right, though. It feels right. <laughs> she died how she lived in a Macca's car, car park. park. Oh, right. oh, my God, like her Twitter bio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. She was prophetic. <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> I've been Joel. I've been Kat. And I've been Zoe B. And we're still fine. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you do need help, go get it. We're not qualified in any way, shape or form. But if you want to help support us, just head to uh, sanspantsplus.com and give what you can and help support this happy little show. And if you want to stay in contact with us out of uh, the podcast realm, you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at GoddammitZamit. I'm at the G Dimmer. I'm at Rubbly Plank. And I'm at Cass Cass Page. Thank you so much for finally changing, Cass. Yes, one of my many marvellous decisions. Mm. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.